the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Thanks for joining us. This is the Boys of Tech, episode 314 for the week commencing Monday the 26th of January 2015. My name is Edwin Herman. I'm here in the capital city of New Zealand, Wellington, and joining me over a Skype connection also in the capital city is Ben Sunko. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks, Ed. Hey, it's good to have you on the show uh, once again. In fact, is this your first show for the 2015? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Um, and it's actually my first show with these new glasses. So, uh, what, what, new, what new glasses? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to wait till we catch up in person for you to see those. Uh, have you got th- Google glasses? No, 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 nothing like that. Just ordinary, you know, prescription lenses type thing. Just... Just standard um, Yahoo glasses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, okay, so Ben, look, what a weekend it was here in, well, the whole country really for that matter, but particularly Wellington. Uh, yesterday we, we got a high of 26 degrees. <laughs> it doesn't sound that impressive, but no, it, does it, re- it really is. <laughs> uh, I just believe, but trust us, it is, it really is. It is, and... Uh, well, as you said, Ben, you know, 26 isn't rare for, for other parts of the country, but for Wellington, it, you know, it struggles to get over 22 or 23. Uh, 26 is a good effort. But 26 here is like 35 somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, apart from this lovely weather we're having and the lawn is looking just particularly brown at the moment, actually probably less so now because over the weekend we, <laughs> we had the kids out uh, on the lawn on the slip and slide. That was a lot of fun. So it's like a little impromptu watering. Yeah, exactly. Um, although mixed with a little bit of detergent, I'm not quite sure whether that benefits the grass or not. Um, it might give it a glotty shine, but I, <laughs> you know, I don't know that it's necessarily beneficial. <laughs> How was your weekend anyway? Yeah, it was good. Um, sort of took it pretty easy, really. Been pretty busy lately, so it's nice to take a bit of a break. Well, yeah, hey, that's okay. We, we've got to have uh, relaxing weekends from time to time. I've got four, uh, three stories sorry, lined up for this week, so not a big episode, but some interesting stuff like uh, the app industry now is apparently bigger than Hollywood. More money is spent on apps than on the cinema. But then based on Hollywood accounting, I mean, who knows? That could be, that could be completely wrong. Are you saying that that potentially downplaying downplaying their sales to to show that piracy is hurting them? Is that what you're? Well, I'm just saying that you know the Hobbit, the um the Lord of the Rings, you know, cost something like eight hundred million dollars to make and it earned like six billion dollars collectively internationally. But somehow, according to Hollywood, it still made a loss. I mean, their their accounting is amazing. They can they can make absolutely anything into anything else. Well, these the, these figures though that we're looking at are box office, so it's not the uh, uh, profit. This is what people spend at the cinema. 
Yeah, I mean, box office takings is only a part of the the whole deal as well. Um, I mean, the home videos where a lot of the things end up making their money, and people still do buy things, um, whether it be through iTunes or anything else. So, I mean, the box bo- mm. box office is only a, a portion of what's happening in Hollywood. Sure, um, sure. Although, and I although, do wonder, are they talking about the US box office or international as well? Because often they won't report on international when they talk about it. You're right. This is US, uh, US box office. Uh, yeah, having, so having, is, is this only American app sales, or is this yeah? Well, that's the thing. Are, are they comparing uh, apples with this apples? whole article? Is just don't start revel I mean, we need some, <laughs> we need some to- consistent <laughs> facts. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's no. This according to this, it's um, it's yeah. You know, you actually, you, you know what? You've actually uh, picked a big hole in this because according to this, they're comparing international app sales with uh, U.S. box office. Yeah, which is, well, that's great. Okay, why don't you click compare lollipops and unicorns? You know, which one's nicer? <laughs> <laughs> wow, the lollipop is a six and the unicorn's a seven, so I guess the unicorn must be. I mean, just just going to make up things, who cares? Yeah, it's not a, a no, you're, you're right. The, the, as I sort of delve into this a little bit deeper, I can see, well, yes, you're right. They, they, they're comparing apples with pears. Mm, yeah. And that's a fruit salad, and nobody wants a fruit salad. <laughs> <laughs> I had fruit salad last night, actually. Uh, yeah, that's, any- <laughs> everyone wants fruit salad. <laughs> All right, so uh, anyway, I, I think that, ha- having said that, without going into too much of the detail, what, what we can, because it's obviously not a good comparison, but what we are, I think, getting the message is that the app industry is huge and it is growing. I mean, how big has the software industry been? Because, I mean... The app industry is essentially just the software industry. Like, how much money has been through? I mean, even OS sales, um, various editing suites. I mean, how much does Macromedia make? I mean, or Adobe make each year? Like, so it's yeah, all well good I, to talk about apps, but I mean, come on, what are we actually talking about? Are we talking about mobile apps? Is that is that what they mean? Um, no, I think I mean, no. They're talking about stuff that's sold through app stores for desktop and for for mobile. And in- so if I buy a copy of Photoshop, does that count as an app? Because it's probably not going to have been bought through any one of these stores. No, no, so it probably wouldn't. This is, but, uh, it's, but it's an application and it's for a computer. I know, I know. But I think this is the thing, though, that they're trying to show is that the the app stores or the, the app store industry is huge and it's growing. And, okay, whether or not it's, it's surpassed uh, Hollywood – if yeah, you because know, we don't know, because we haven't really now, as you've pointed out, Ben, we haven't got a, a fair comparison. But I think what's fair to say is that the app store industry is a huge mainstream thing. It's not a niche market thing. It's not just some of those geeky computer guys that do computery things. You know those types. No, no, it's you, me, it's everyone. What was that? Were we having an argument about that? I didn't realize that anyone was disagreeing. <laughs> was anyone out there going, no, the apps are small? I mean, I everyone's know, got a phone uh, and everyone yeah, downloads stuff. It's like, <laughs> yeah. that's great. Thanks for telling us that. We didn't realize. <laughs> I know. The one thing, as I say, one of my lines that I was going to pull out for the story was it's not exactly groundbreaking news. It's not surprising. It's not like, oh, really? But, you know, it's it's just, I think, putting things into perspective. And if you can start talking about uh, the app store industry in billions, it's significant. So, anyway, but perhaps we already knew that. Yeah. 
All right, I mean, here's Santa, here's didn't, the... Santa didn't put Angry Birds on your phone. You know, <laughs> you gave someone money for that. Do you know I've never played Angry Birds? You'd love it. Like you get sick <laughs> of it eventually, but at, at the essence, it's just such a simple game. Yeah, um, and, and you know what? I think that's what makes it so good. I mean, I've played similar sorts of games, and it's the simplicity of them. Yep. That you know, it's if it's got good gameplay combined with the simplicity and and not all this all these bells and whistles and all that sort of stuff, it just makes it so addictive. And it's got simple goals, like you know, you have to try and get five, uh, three stars, clear everything at a high enough level. So it's like, you know, you play the first time around, you're like, I've got to clear every level, and then it's like, oh, I've got to start trying to get three stars in every level. So you end up playing for hours when you've got no interest in it whatsoever, and there's no reward, but you just you're hooked. That's yeah, <laughs> that's good. It is for uh, developers who produce software like that, absolutely. Yeah. Now, here's something cool, and I, in a way, I wish we had our uh, our colleague Justin on the show because he used to work for HP. I almost said did, but used to. Uh, the HP Pro Slate 8, apparently, this is cool, I love this, can digitize notes on any type of paper, and we're not talking about through a photographic uh, process. It has four microphones built in that pick up the sound of a ballpoint pen going over paper and because there are of course four of them they can work out where on the piece of paper you're drawing and it will digitize it and pop that on the screen for you isn't that amazing i'm i'm actually astounded by this when you it's think so weird the technology. because they were like they were trying to get out of hardware manufacturer and especially the tablet form a few years ago so it's bizarre that they've like, introduced <laughs> something like this well actually that is a point uh, that is a very yeah. good point. Uh, I mean, it's cool. It is cool, but it's like, what, what are you guys on about? Like, yeah, like this seems like the sort of thing that would take quite a while to develop. And um, yeah, like a couple of years ago, it was get rid of everything. Yeah, uh, they, they, I guess they're trying to reinvent themselves. But this technology, I think, is brilliant. I wouldn't have thought that, you know, for, I guess, a specialist microphones, but and with some very intelligent software, but nonetheless, I wouldn't have thought that technology like that could be used in such a way to, to or at least not to the accuracy of picking up a, you know, the position of the ink on the on the paper and what you've written. So the microphone's in the tablet or it's in the pen? No, it's not in the pen. It's in the tablet. So, I mean, there's things like how far away from the tablet can you be to write? Yeah. What sort of background noise can it handle? Um like stuff like that, like does different paper emit different sounds and does that affect it at all? Yeah, and whether it has to be, I mean, the the, the supporting graphic that uh, accompanies a few of these articles is the tablet on one side of a uh, a case, if you like, and then the, the piece of paper immediately next to it. So whether it has to remain yeah. like that, I don't know. But even so, I think I, I, I'm really excited about that. I, I think this is great. I'd, I'd love to see that on the iPad, for example. And I guess is it just... Is it translating it? Like, is it understand? Like, if you're writing words, is it understanding the words you're writing, or is it just, it's just like a scan effectively? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm not sure about. Like, is and there I, another I wish layer I, on top of it? Yeah, and I wish I had one to try. So, look, I, I, I don't know that level of detail, but. Because the next thing just, would be, does it only understand English, or does it understand other languages? Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. But, you know, that's a matter of software, and, and that's this is the thing. The fact that the, the hardware can can take that first step, the rest can all be done in software. So even if it, whether it does or not, Ben, I don't know. But if it can't now, I don't see any reason why they can't produce uh, or extend the software to be able to do that. 
Mm. And, and so the possibilities are just brilliant. And even if it was just a an image of it, I, I just think that's kind of cool because, you know, up until now, the way we've been doing it is using a stylus to do, draw directly on the screen. And uh, that's cool. And, you know, we've been able to do that for years, for decades even. So that's not so exciting. To, to be able to now just write on a piece of paper next, even if it has to be next to your tablet, I just think is really cool. I mean, uh, you know, it, there's nothing like writing on paper than paper. <laughs> yeah, except for paper <laughs> and paper. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It is cool, and yeah, I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying. It does. This doesn't feel like, um, like this feels like a stepping stone to something else. Um, like I think the technology is cool. I don't know that this implementation of it is as good as it could be. And I think something good will come out of it. Mm, okay. Well, let's uh, let's wait and see. I mean. Uh, I, I this could well be early days for for HP. So, because they must be really sensitive microphones, and they must have really good filters on them to be able to filter out everything to only pick up what it needs to. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they are trained for the specific sort of frequencies that are emitted from a ballpoint pen running over a, uh, you know, and these, the, you know, these are ultrasonic microphones. So, you know, we're talking about a certain. Uh, spectrum of the you know of the audio frequency that I don't know for sure, but I'd guess not many other things are are sort of producing that sort of sound in in the na- in a natural that. environment. So how far away from the tablet could it be that you start to think this is a bit rubbish? Like, well, if you, it, it could, if you could, you could only do it, and it had to be like on the back of the tablet. That would be starting to get a little bit yeah, rubbish. See, but if you yeah. yeah. What do you think? Well, uh, to me, if you can do it, even if the the piece of paper has to be placed adjacent to the tablet, yeah. To me, that's acceptable. And I mean, I can, really, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. For me, I I think that would work. I I can see that being used in that way, restrictive as you may find it. I think it, I can see a lot of use cases for that in in the business environment. What about like five hundred, like five hundred millimeters away? Um, like across the table. Yeah, I mean, be- I mean, obviously that is better, but um, it, you don't want it to pick up other people's drawings either. But <laughs> maybe it should be picking up the whole table, well, like that, everything that's going on. Well, actually, you could use you could use this as a spy thing. Imagine that you have this device and and someone's making notes across the table, or you're in, you're in an interview, and you can see yeah. you can see what they're writing. And if you could hook this up to Google Glass, only you can see it. Uh, you know, so you don't. So it doesn't look too suspicious. Well, you could, um, you could probably quite easily put these microphones on a table and then it would pick it up, anything that was written on the table. Well, you could. There yeah. we go. We've just completely turned this into something even cooler. And how long have they had that for? And have they been doing this already? And they've only just now released yeah. it as a, oh, there you go. <laughs> it would be quite a good thing to have in exams. Um, it could be. It could be. Let's leave that story there. Last story for this week. Now... The most popular passwords of 2014 was released about a, a week ago. Uh, Splash Data provided the details. Now, there are no surprises, and but there's a reason I've brought the story uh, up. because uh, you- No surprises. Somebody went all the way to nine. They okay, so one, you, okay. one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, and then they're like, N- no, this needs to be secure. 
I need nine. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Look, that featured last year as well. Uh, sorry, the year before in 2013. That was uh, people are just getting smarter and smarter. <laughs> but you know, okay. So the, uh, I mean, let's let's just go through a few of them. The well, I'll give you the top ten anyway. We'll give our listeners a top ten. <laughs> I'm going to spoil it. There's one, two, three, four, five, and then six. No, seven. For, oh, there's a one, two, three, four. Someone allows four. Okay. Well, let, there's let, a seven, eight, and then there's a nine. Okay, hang on. Let, let's do this in order. Number one is one, two, three, four, five, six. Number two is password. Number three is one, two, three, four, five. Number four is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Number five is QWERTY. Number six, number six is the one you were referring to earlier. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Number the seven, most secure one on the list. Oh, of course. Uh, number seven is one, two, three, four. How is that even a password? Yeah, exactly. Number eight it's is ba- number eight baseball. Number nine dragon, and number ten football. It makes me wonder where this list was um, like um, surveyed from. I'm guessing America. Uh, look, I'm, I don't know. Uh, Would anyone in New Zealand release the word baseball? Well, okay. They, they, no. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> okay. They wouldn't, would they? No, would they, anyone in America, in Australia? The, no. This was, no, no, you're right. But this was taken from 3.3 million passwords that were leaked by, by hackers over the uh, over the you know year or so. so. And they've analysed it. But here's the angle I want to take on this. Uh, most people are sort of commenting on about how, you know, oh, it's very similar to 2013, 2012, 2011. They're all very similar, although 2011 and 12 featured the monkey, which doesn't seem to appear now. But anyway, they're all very similar. That's not the line I want to take. The line I want to take is these are only the passwords they were able to crack. So we're always going to see stuff like this. Do you know what I mean? There's going to be someone yeah. using one, two, three, four, five, six, right? For example, so uh, 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 we're only going to find the passwords that are crackable. You, you might find that this is a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage. You might, it may not even be the most popular password. For all we know, I see what you're saying. So but I mean, the, these, of course, are, are you well, base, you're basing this on like a rainbow table attack sort of thing, like with. Um, like what sort of password disclosure are you assuming like pure hacking as opposed to like um you know like using a table to compare the password to try and figure out what it is or or what sort of well i mean does it i i mean i i don't know exactly the technique they use but the point i'm making is that whenever you get some passwords are presumably encrypted that are found on the internet and you have this huge data set of 3.3 million of them and you analyze them the the, the ones that you, the only one the ones you're going to crack are going to be the ones like this that you're going to see you're never going to see something like you know two percent hyphen star j71b percent ampersand yeah so that right? depends how it's being cracked doesn't it so you're assuming that the passwords are encrypted wherever they're coming oh from. okay i see what you're saying right you, you yeah, certainly okay. hope that they are but you assume they are well and I, then I it's assume- the basis of how like how you go about decrypting them is gonna. So if you're using a yeah like a rainbow table attack, then I agree with what you're saying. You're you're gonna find the most common ones the quickest. But if you're using other methods, because I don't really know a lot about it, but if you're using other methods, then maybe you can actually get it 
more precise. I mean, um, I guess if you surveyed people and you said, look, tell us what your current password is for whatever service, and assuming you, you trust these people to tell you what their password was, then yeah, that's that. you might get a different list. But if you're cracking them from encrypted passwords, and I assume that's what they've done, uh, okay. well, then, then you are going to see just these simple ones because that's what, you know, that's what's crackable within a reasonable amount of time. I mean, so that, that was my take. I mean, your your argument does hold some water because straight away you look there. There's no, there's no letters and numbers. There's no capitalization. There's very little. You know, these are by far the most obvious sort of passwords that you'd try. Mm. Uh, by the way, Ben, um, one two three four five six seven is actually number eleven on the list. <laughs> there we go. And monkey, by the way, has gone to number twelve. Anyway, that Ben, let's leave it there. Unless you wanted to add anything else. Um, there should someone needs to start putting out password one because that's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, password and then that followed by the digit one. Yeah, because that's why it's not on the list because it's just so awesome. Must be, must be secure. Yeah, must be. <laughs> okay, thanks, Ben. All right, hey, thanks for co-hosting. Sweet ass. All right, that was episode three hundred and fourteen. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll hope to have you back next week. Till then, have yourselves a great week. Goodbye. Hey, thanks for co-hosting. Sweet ass. All right, that was episode 314. Hope you enjoyed it. We certainly did. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Leave them, leave them in suspense. We certainly... <laughs> did they enjoy it or not? I don't know. <laughs> I could have done that. I could have done that.